Podsters. You know, if the Italian craftsman today is such a, a world-known thing and people just pay any kind of price to buy that shoe, why are our artisans not uh, having getting the same thing? Trying to find these answers to the questions uh, kind of was the start of this thing. Hi guys, welcome to the Dream Hustlers. The Dream Hustlers is a show about founders, innovators, entrepreneurs and all those dreamers who have hustled to create some amazing products and services. We dive deeper into these brilliant minds and deconstruct what makes them tick. They really are dream hustlers because we believe that these dreamers have followed their dreams relentlessly. In the fourth episode, we speak to Hitesh Kenjale, CEO of Desi Hangover. Hitesh has been working with the artisans of Kolhapur to create handmade designer sandals for the contemporary consumer. Today, Hitesh exports across the world and is challenging the notions of traditional craftsmanship. Hi Hitesh, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Hi Anmol, thanks for having me. Hitesh, I'll begin with a question that I ask most of my guests. What inspired you to go to the entrepreneurial route? Uh, so my journey was more uh, more like an accidental one. I was not, uh, I had not planned to get into this, honestly. Uh, so I was in my uh, engineering uh, days and it was my third year. And then I happened to go on a cultural exchange program to Egypt uh, during my uh, winter holidays. So I used to stay in an intern house in Egypt. I was basically there for 45 days. I was working in an orphanage there. Uh, but the story happened in the intern house where I used to wear the local Kolhapuri chapel that literally I had bought it from the streets. And I used to wear it in the house because it was cold uh, at that time. Uh, and all of the other interns that used to stay with me kind of, I used to always ask about, uh, you know, the shoe that I was wearing. Uh, and while I told them about, you know, uh, how it is made and we have a cultural and a historical um, understanding to that product. And they used to really go, you know, they really kind of loved it. And they thought, you know, why don't we get this in our part of the world? Uh, and that is where uh, the conversation started happening. Uh, and I met my other co-founder, Laksh, also on the same internship. Uh, and we kind of uh, talked it out as to why are these products uh, appreciated so much from a global audience. Obviously, at that time, we also saw a different world as to the way a foreigner uh, or a foreign crowd or a developed audience kind of sees such products. They just not only see the utility, but they see a lot of these values which are attached to the product. And that's a, that was a very different way that we saw somebody approaching the product. And just like the conversations led us to kind of discuss as to you know, if the Italian craftsman today is such a, a world-known thing and people just pay any kind of price to buy that shoe, why are our artisans not uh, having getting the same thing? Um, and those questions kind of, uh, kind of, you know, kind of kept us um, struggling, you know, what went wrong in these ecosystems? And then we decided that, you know, when we go back, we're going to go and find out uh, as to what went wrong and trying to find these answers to the questions uh, kind of was the start of DC Hangover. Right. That's interesting. And you also have another co-founder in your team. I believe she was a professor. Right, right. So the story, uh, to, to kind of complete the story there is, so when I went uh, back to Mumbai and started my college lectures uh, in Chandigarh, uh, and I started visiting these ecosystems around Kolhapur and try to understand uh, what is this. So basically, that meant that I was trying to stay away from college for most of the time, and I used to stay absent. Uh, so, and my college professor, Abar, she's a very young professor. Um, so she used to constantly ask me, why are you so absent, where you do fairly well in your exams, but you, you don't really come to school, uh, come to college. 
and i started sharing those journeys that i was uh, kind of experiencing uh, traveling to those villages and telling them the stories of how these ecosystems are really struggling uh, and it's not just a matter of one or two artisans we're talking about an entire community uh, probably almost 20000 uh, odd families and even she got involved into those stories and even she joined the initiative uh, full time after i graduated from college she also designed so we are total three co-founders uh, lux uh, me and arba who was my professor now she's full time at dc hangover interesting tell me about this conscious fashion uh, thing which is going on you've taken a route of conscious fashion there are a lot of brands getting into conscious fashion what is conscious fashion or do you think it's just a fad um see for me uh, i don't know about the fad part of it but we are always from day one conscious fashion our definition of conscious fashion that uh, we we believe in is that when a consumer today buys any good uh, he or she is aware of what goes behind the scenes and he's very conscious of the decision of not just buying the shoe for because you know it looks great or it i mean he can wear it at a party and all of those factors but he's mm-hmm. actually known as to what impact that product created while it came to him uh, and when a person buys a product keeping that concept in mind also that factor in mind that is when we feel that it's a conscious uh, buy uh, and that's the thing of conscious and how we become conscious is that uh, the reason why we started this was also that we realized that the artists and community was really needing help uh, they were literally fallen aback almost 200 years uh, and they were kind of still doing the same old thing that they've been doing for generations um, and it was more uh, the desi angle initiative was more driven from a social angle uh then uh, then a capitalist angle you know it's not that we wanted to make shoes and then we are trying to find artisans to make shoes it was the other way around we we tried to find the artisans in a way and we realized that it it is such a big problem in these ecosystems uh, and obviously it is not just uh, a business problem as i had said a lot of the societal factors had played effect to uh, to make the artisans to the place where are where the caste system had really uh, made them devoid of all the other resources and everything that goes uh for their upbringing and we solved we thought that why not with our economic model we can solve a social problem uh and that is how it becomes more conscious as well you work with the cobbler community very closely what are the challenges they are facing and how do you integrate their social upliftment with what the contemporary consumer desires right so uh, again twofold uh, two two things in this one is obviously uh the consumer and the other one is the artisan uh, i'll talk about the artisan first uh now we're talking about a, a leather worker uh, right and historically if you understand uh, leather workers were treated as dalit they were untouchables they were on the bottom of the uh, pyramid when it came to the caste structure so a large part of the community is uneducated most of them have never really even stepped outside the village okay and imagine this is how the society kind of grew there and versus a market which has become totally globalized and the consumer needs have changed like drastically and now this community has totally fallen out of sync with what is actually happening in the real uh, markets and that's the reason why they stepped away and kind of saw the future or maybe the present that they're seeing currently uh, in order to get them back on track we have to do a lot of things uh, i mean a host of other things that you know making sure that they get a model Uh, access to raw material, access to training, new designing, wherein we are enabling the community to now make a product which actually fits into the current market scenario, but still being in that same rural ecosystem. So this is the artisan part. For the consumer, again, when the consumer also needs a good product today, uh, and 
he we've made him uh, kind of realize that when he's buying this product he's also contributing to that all the other things that we're doing for the community uh, with his purchase so that's the other side of uh, on the consumer side that we're doing it uh, i feel but that brings me to this question i read about this triangle of consciousness could you tell us more about what is it uh, what is it again i think uh, triangle when you say there are these three elements that come together uh, and then you become conscious it's not just like if i try to become conscious okay for example as a company i'm very conscious mm-hmm. but uh, when i get the consumer to be also conscious when i get the supplier to be also conscious and then you're actually creating something which is truly conscious right uh when everybody understands why are we doing this and the repercussions of their activity uh, mm-hmm. so that's what we define as the triangle of consciousness wherein all the three elements need to come together uh, in order mm-hmm. to make sense uh, of the model mm, interesting and you're also supporting a school in your local community do you intend for them to kind of also assist uh, your brand once they pass out how do you ensure that the cobbler community passes the craft on to their next of kin right uh so i think this is one one thing very interesting uh, that happened to us last year when a cobbler actually said that you know i would like my son to take this up okay obviously that's his wish uh, we would like the son to take whatever he wishes to do but the major element that uh, we saw missing in these communities was the element of respect and dignity for their own work right the reason why uh, people would not even if they like what they are li- doing but they hate themselves because they see that you know the society does not consider them them anything right and that was a big part of it but i think the moment we start getting more professional interventions into these ecosystem now they see themselves as you know as equal as probably an accountant who sits in an ac office who's probably using a computer and now they are also using modern technology and making a shoe right so they kind of see that parallel now that we are probably doing meaningful work you know mm-hmm. that is one thing uh, talking about the school um so we realized that see traditionally if you think of a thought process you would say that in order to make a good shoe what would you need you just need good raw material and you need good skill example right mm-hmm. but we realized that for the artisan to actually make the best shoe he has other thousand things that he's carrying in his head for example he was not able to send his uh, kid to a good school right he was not being respected in the society his workplace was not clean uh, he used to go through these uh, very low self confidence right we decided to tackle all of this apart from you know making him train to raw materials to skilling that is one thing but we made sure that now when the artisan is so happy that his kid get, is getting the right education and there's a school which is uh, been helped by desi angor to make sure that that enables it he is so happy that his input into the work has probably quadrupled and now the output also changes right as they say right if you're happy at work you would do a great mm-hmm. job and now he's happy because the other societal elements also is what we are trying to take care for him i hope i'm making sense right yeah it's, it's not just the raw material yeah. that has gone in yeah. Uh-huh. yeah you know that brings me to the question about entrepreneurship in this uh, social sort of space that you've entered so entrepreneurship in india has been mostly about profit about selling stakes about even selling off the company do you ever understand selling your company like say anita rodic the founder of body shop did like do you understand mm-hmm. being there until the end so i think that is uh, i mean we never intend we never started it with the idea of selling right but uh, you never know where life takes you tomorrow if you find like a good partner who again it ha- it matters to us that who do we sell it to also right we want to sell to somebody who do not carries our values 
so mm-hmm. if that happens well good because it will be in better hands probably uh, and why not you know that is but that's not the goal that we do our everyday work that tomorrow we have to sell this company to a larger organization if that happens well enough so that's mm-hmm. the thought process uh, talking about entrepreneurship in india uh, again obviously you i'm when i'm saying all of these things i do not mean that you do not need to focus on profit because i think if you if you lose focus of profit you will make the entire model unsustainable right mm-hmm. today we are making profits and that's the reason we are able to grow our initiative and grow the impact in the communities so mm-hmm. i mean this is how we kind of jokingly say that you know we are passionate capitalists but with the ethics of a socialist and that's the kind of ethos that we run at desi right so and we have chinese sort of capitalism right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so tell me something that, that in fact brings me to the point about uh, you know india is the second largest global producer of footwear after china accounting for i think about 13% of global footwear production yet we don't have a global mm-hmm. footwear brand why is that what are we lacking i think we have been uh, we've been manufacturers uh, and india has not been able to create brands i think i'm talking about even the fashion space right there is not really like a global brand uh, that comes from india and primarily because we have used our creativity to manufacture uh, and we've not been able to communicate that global image that needs to go behind creating a brand uh, this is my this is my dissection of the scenario uh and there was this moment also when we were kind of going through the journey i remember reading tommy uh, hilfiger's autobiography um so you won't believe this i don't know if you know it so tommy hilfiger when he actually decided to start the brand tommy hilfiger so he came down to juhu mumbai to do his first batch of sampling right and i was reading that book and i just went berserk i'm like tommy hilfiger was started at juhu mumbai like the first batch of sampling i'm talking Uh, and he's written it clearly that Indians have the best handicraft in the world, uh, and mm. we have amazing talent. Uh, and imagine Tommy Hilfiger came down to Mumbai to do for example, mm-hmm. right? Why couldn't those guys create a brand and uh, be outside? Though obviously he shifted his production to China later, but I'm just giving you a parallel on on that, you know, that we have this talent. It's just that we're not able to present it to the world. Mm-hmm. and you're proudly indian like you say it on your website be indian propagate indian and most importantly uplift indian how does a global consumer respond to the indian footwear brand since you're sort of exporting globally also now right see again i think um, when we talk about equality also right in a way and i think these notions are quite uh, they're quite uh, what do you call they're quite global in perspective right mm-hmm. uh, somebody in the us you're not saying that don't buy outside goods we are just trying to say be indian and support the local craftsmen right mm-hmm. uh, because not because they they need help because they are literally great craftsmen uh, and they mm-hmm. can give you a great shoe uh, mm-hmm. and i think the global audience really kind of resonates with those with that thought process uh, mm-hmm. and we've done a lot of other interventions we've put an rfid chip in the shoe so you can understand who made the shoe uh, mm-hmm. and so basically connecting that audience to that core artisanship and to the human and the emotional values of the self you know not just like the you know the shoes good we used microfoam and we used that foam not about that but it's just like connection of emotions that goes behind the purchase and i think a global audience and audience anywhere can connect to that right so tell tell me about your team like is it from the local community uh, how do you kind of select the team that you have see i think it's quite been natural again be kind of as they say that you need to see a fit also uh and i think just talking to somebody for 15 minutes in an interview kind of understand whether they belong to your tribe or no 
that's for the mm-hmm. front end for the back end i think any artisan who is willing to show that he's he's he wants to change uh, that's mm-hmm. a very important factor for us change not like his uh, the things he does but he's wanting to try new things right um as they say right change is the only thing that is constant and you kind of need to kind of keep doing that so we try to choose a lot of people who are who, who are malleable in a way right and they want to mm-hmm. see a different future than than what their past generations have seen uh, mm-hmm. and that hunger is also something obviously integrity and you know all of those things that obviously taking to be mm-hmm. you know or there but i'm talking about that hunger also is important mm-hmm. so do you see the hunger in the local community to kind of get out of where they are and kind of uplift themselves and do you see them wanting to work with your brand yes definitely because they've seen the results right we uh, our artisan earns 2.5x the amount what of all the local artisans on uh, using technology being sophisticated using softwares uh, mm-hmm. so there is definitely a lot of people trying to join our team and there mm-hmm. is we also have in a way limitation because we have to build the market also it's just not that we can take like thousands of people on board and then you know what will they produce because you have to also have to sell it right so it's it's like that parallel thing that has to keep moving forward and in fact what happens is uh, there is this other effect right because we decided of not to uh, we decided to change the ecosystem right going mm-hmm. into that ecosystem rather than uprooting the artisan and getting them to mumbai or some other factory where they are just mm-hmm. better better slaves i would say right because mm-hmm. they are away from family now what happens is there is also this indirect impact that gets created like when i see my neighbor artisan who works for example desi angora and he's able to develop and is doing such great things even the neighbor is motivated in a way to try new things though he mm-hmm. probably might not be working for us directly but there is this sense of um, you know right an ecosystem develops then you know he tries to bring that other people also along with him uh, and i remember i get i got this message from uh, somebody there from the community somebody had just probably one of the guys who managed to study engineering in that community in pune he had messaged me and he said that you know because of the work that you guys are doing desi angover uh, i earlier did not want to get into you know being a cobbler or you know being associated with the community anymore but i've mm-hmm. seen the change that you guys could bring about in the ecosystem and he's mm-hmm. like because of you guys i want to go back to my community and i also want to kind yeah. of uh, get more people involved so this guy might end up popping me tomorrow but i'm happy right in a way because uh, that that is the sign of change that you see right an educated guy going back to that ecosystem and probably mm-hmm. he'll get 100 people up you know up and running and that's right. kind of an impact that an ecosystem has right so this ecosystem that you have now when you're designing a shoe uh, you know they have their own ways of designing and you are kind of presenting a new design to them maybe from uh, your specialists in the team maybe from some global sort of research that uh, your team has done on the global demand how do you convince them uh, that this is the design that you want and how do you decide on the design as well right so first i will get to the decide on the design part um so we have a formal process of almost 8 to you know 12 months uh, wherein we kind of create 10 designs these designs are created by people from nift and nid uh, who have a very forward looking way of designing they kind of study the trends the colors mm-hmm. and you know what's what's going to happen in future not what's going to mm-hmm. ha- what has happened in past right mm-hmm. um so have a very forward looking approach to design and then we kind of create a catalog keeping in mind of the artisan skills it's not that we want to create a pattern which does not fit in the ecosystem at all so we are very mindful of that so there are certain weaving techniques that the artisan does once mm-hmm. we complete this then we again do a lot of feedback mechanism with the customers and try to understand before we launch it into the market 
after that feedback mechanism so it's it's kind of a funnel right so if you started with 10 designs you might just end up having two designs at the end of the funnel so then these two designs are uh, dissected and then we try to put these designs into the ecosystem very mm-hmm. very a lot of other a lot of people do small small different things and then a shoe is made a shoe is not just made by one guy right it's just mm-hmm. made it has like probably 15 processes and one person does one then the then the shoe goes to the next process and then we kind of funnel it down to the ecosystem and to talk about how the artisans adapt again he also is loving to do new things right he's also ch- being challenged now and he also needs to upskill himself which we kind of help him with the training uh, and i think there is no resistance that we have ever seen as such because it's it's we are actually helping him in a way so we don't really find anybody going against uh, that kind of thing so we do not face that issue per se of the artisan saying that you know we don't want to do this because we've already chosen the lot who wants to do something that's interesting and you talk about resistance and i remember you once mentioned to me about baba saheb ambedkar and why it is important for us to know more about him what has he taught you about uh, when you think of leadership because you are dealing with a community which is of a different caste and you're dealing with people who are been considered outcast by another community so how do you deal with that and how has uh, the ambedkar philosophy sort of helped you deal with this um so i think this is i remember the conversation also so uh, this is in principle is that when you're doing business uh, if you can borrow values from great leaders that have happened in our society i think your business just adds so much more value uh, to yourself and also to you know what you do day in day out um mm. to talk more in detail about this see i come from a caste which is a little upper uh then the people there and i had i was i was totally uh, unaware of this right because mm-hmm. we do not i have been grown up in a city where the caste does not even mm-hmm. i mean you don't even think about it right we are very yeah. uh, it's it's very kind of a normalized yeah. thing now yeah yeah but when you actually went to this ecosystem they would ask me right it's like you understand your surname and they've already made assumptions about you and they mm-hmm. understand that i'm upper class and they would let me in the house it's just funny like they would not let them other people of the same class in the house how many let an upper gapers in class now so all these notions are very strong in that ecosystem right mm-hmm. and when i read about ambedkar and i've really seen the way that you did the struggle to kind of get equality right wherein that was the first principle and i have kept that in mind when when we design any model for that ecosystem it's not just logical it has to be mm-hmm. logical plus socially acceptable model right wherein mm-hmm. through that model slowly slowly we're trying to build those values which uh, which that with that community never got and that that's the that's the exact thing i said with an economic purchase by a guy in new york he's able to change the social fabric in an indian village because now the artisan thinks he's more respected he's he's working in a way which he never worked and that has a, a lot of social um, upbringing to that Right? Uh, so i think when you are mindful of the values that these leaders have set and that's why we were totally inspired by what ambedkar did for the community uh, uh-huh. and we actually want to intend to do the same kind of things but through the lens of entrepreneurship interesting now one last question that i have for you what advice would you give to budding entrepreneurs people who would want to leave their jobs and start a new firm uh, one advice that i think uh, is that as you said right leave their jobs if if you if you have a good enough reason to leave the job uh, maybe you know that good enough reason should not be that you want to be your own boss or your boss does not is like that cranky boss uh, or you want to be you want to earn more money uh, or you want to just have flexibility with your time and that's the reason you want to get 
into entrepreneurship it's fine but i would say that you would fail after a certain point if you have really dreams of becoming very big obviously you can run a lifestyle business with that attitude it's totally fine but uh, i think the best way to approach entrepreneurship is to try to change something uh, and here i'm not just talking about you know try to find a problem and you know, come to a solution but there are so many sectors just per se in india that are really screwed up right whether you take the transport whether you take any sector there's so much scope to change and for the betterment of the society and i think if the moment you start thinking uh, through that lens that i want to do something for the betterment of this thing where the society is an integral part of it i think you have found your purpose on day one and i think entrepreneurship will be very very much you know fun to have that journey and that's the kind of advice that i would give like just do it for the right reasons right this thank you so much for your thoughts guys do visit desi hang over to know more about the brand and do let me know your thoughts at anmol@podsters.in thank you this once again great insights great thoughts thank you thank you anmol thank you everybody This podcast has been produced by Podsters, audio editing by Shristi Chaturvedi, research by Pandit Kaur.